are able, we're going to ask everyone to please stand in honor of the class of 2021. Thank you, and you may be seated.
as we get come to this time of the service, we're going to be recognizing, recognizing our high school and college graduates. And first and foremost, I want to say congratulations to you and to your parents. It's a wonderful accomplishment. Justin, will you just kind of mention what you're going to give the students? So uh, each student this morning, if they're a high school graduate, they're going to get a blanket that has the student ministry logo for our church so they can take this with them to their dorm room. Uh, they'll also get the high school grads will get a book called How to Stay Christian in College. And they also get a uh, gift card to Chili's uh, to go out to eat one night. And then the, the college grads get uh, a blanket, and their blanket has their college logo where they graduated from. And their book is uh, from John Piper. It's called Don't Waste Your Life. And they also get uh, a Chili's gift card as well. All right. Thank you, Justin. So what we're going to do is I'm going to call out, or I'm going to mention the first and last name, and then the parents. And the parents will, if you'll stand until your, uh, your child comes up here. And the high school students, you all stand up here until we're done, and then Justin will dismiss you. Okay, if you look at inside your bulletin, we have Jenna Corley, daughter of Gary and Jane Corley. And just hold your applause till the end, thank you. Luke Davis, son of Brent and Elizabeth Davis. Emma Downey, daughter of Steve and Annette Downey. Daniel Elmore, son of Larry and Deborah Elmore. Carly Fairchild, daughter of Mark and Kim Fairchild. Macy Fairchild, daughter of Anthony and Robin Fairchild. Taylor Garland, daughter of Steve and Marcia Garland. Haley Reese, daughter of John and Charity Reese. Croson Rosa, son of Matthew and Misty Rosa. Evan Sharp, son of Wesley and Hope Sharp. Braden Shook, son of Andrew and Amy Shook. Lindsay Wack, daughter of Jason and Rochelle Wack. All right, that's our uh, high school graduates. Let's give high school graduates give them a hand. Thank you so much. Congratulations.
God bless you guys. You're dismissed to go down. Yeah, you guys can go down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's give them another hand clap. Congratulations. All right, if you'll notice in your bulletin, our college graduates for 2021. And we're going to ask their parents to stand as well. Gwyneth Davidson, daughter of Shannon and Alicia Davidson. Derek Dyson, son of Danny and Kendra Dyson. Lacey Elder, daughter of Ricky and Beverly Elder. Kyler Fairchild, son of Mark and Kim Fairchild. And not everybody can be here. Hunter Hartness, son of Jeff and Michelle Hartness. Luke Huffman, son of Robert and Dana Huffman. Catherine Kiever, daughter of Frankie and Renee Kiever. Olivia Reese, daughter of John and Charity Reese. Bailey Roney, daughter of Doug and Kelly Roney. And finally, Keely Sigmund, daughter of Shane and Lisa Sigmund. That is your 2021 college graduates. Congratulations. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you guys so much. You can go down there. Thank you. Congratulations, and if you will, stand with us as our praise team leads us in worship this morning.
Thank you. If you will be be seated, we have a very special announcement from uh, our ministry partners in Romania. As you know, that we support Finding Hope Ministries, which is uh, an orphanage, and it's really run by uh, Nathan Merrill, Dr. Merrill's son. And you may or may not know, but they had a, a a fire to one of the homes, and Nathan is wanting to explain to you uh, what happened and how you can help. So, if you guys will go ahead and start this video, it's about four minutes long, and then we're going to have prayer for them uh, as soon as the video is over. So, thank you. Hello everybody. As most of you all heard by now, uh, we, had, uh, we had a house fire here in Romania in one of our children's homes. And um, we just wanted to tell, share our, our hearts with you a little bit, let you know what happened and um, some of the needs. Here is one of the upstairs bathrooms here. As you can see, it's pretty bad as well. Shower. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money to get a new place, but some way, somehow, God will provide. God always provides through His church, through His body, and He's done it through with you guys from the past. We've raised up four children's home, more are coming, and in a matter of just a few years, got lots and lots of kids, and it's all done through God, and He used you guys to do it in the States. So He did that, and we know somehow, some way. He's going to get us over this hurdle, over this challenge. Hey guys, I'm Mary. I'm from Finding Hope. I'm going to try to explain you a little bit uh, what was happening here. After 12 years, uh, I met uh, Anka and Nathan. 
they are my parents now they become my family and uh, they come there and told me that they will be my family you know my hope was all gone but once they come there uh, I start to have hope that's why they are calling finding hope so I find the hope in them it was the first house where, where I feel like a family where I feel the love I start to know more about God and to meet him and I start to uh, have a hope so this is Mihai's room this is where the fire started it's all gone this room took the brunt of the uh, the fire and you see his his uh, his wardrobe all of his clothes are gone all his books are gone all his uh, he's, he likes music all of his musical instruments that he had were gone that he saved and got and collected over the years he says uh, he hopes that the house can get repaired and he can get his uh, room back here he hopes to get his stuff back. He said he had a lot of stuff that got burnt, all of his microphones and amplifiers and all these. Like I say, he was a musician, or he is, and he likes to, music's his favorite thing. And he lost all of that. And he's waiting to, hopefully he can get it back, he says. We know somehow the Lord will provide and get it back for him. We're just happy that the kids were safe. Most of the kids were with us and uh, nobody got, was in the house when the fire started. So we were really happy that the kids are safe. Yeah, it's difficult. They lost pretty much all their belongings, everything. School started yesterday. All their devices, everything got burnt. We try to organize as much as we can so we can um, help them with the schooling and, you know, here and there. But just keep us in prayer. It's a very difficult time for us. It's difficult for them because right now they're sleeping on mattresses and a lot of them in the room to survive as, you know, as you can see. But just keep us in prayer and, you know, for peace and uh, that God will give us wisdom and bring the help we need so we can pretty much start on this and so they can come back in uh, their home and, you know, feel safe. So we appreciate all your prayers and all your support. I know God will be in control and I think I, I know everything will be alright. We just need a lot of patience, a lot of uh, support. Uh, we need you guys, we need your prayers and I know everything will work out. We we have hope, that's why we are finding hope. That's right. <laughs> we have hope. Bless. Thank you guys. Bye. God bless. One, one thing I think that we need to understand about the Finding Hope situation is this, is that they, their insurance does not work like it does here in America. Uh, Mark can explain that just a little bit better uh, at some point. They, they need your help financially, so if you will, if you will give uh, online, we'd rather you not send the money through East Hills of Baptist Church, but we'd rather you to give online. So if you will go to Finding Hope Ministries, there's a link there that you can click on to give to. Also, as you know, this is Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we are remembering those who, uh, who died and gave their lives for us. But we also uh, have, a, have a, a military personnel in our church. And he's about to be deployed for about 400 days. And he's going to be away from his family for 400 days. I'm going to ask Freddie and his family if you guys will just stand. Freddie and Cindy, Cindy Lou, everybody, if y'all just stand. Freddie, first off, thank you for your service, brother. Thank you very much. And if you guys will just remain standing for a second. Now, Freddie's a buddy of mine, all right? And he's going to be gone for 400 days. And uh, 
uh, I'm going to ask Mark if he'll come. And what Mark is going to do is he's going to lead us in prayer for Finding Hope Ministries. And he's also going to pray for Freddie. And if you will, focus, if you're around there, focus your prayers on Freddie and Cindy Lou and their family. And we love you all very much. And once again, thank you for your service. I want you to join me in prayer this morning. Uh, I talked to Nathan and, uh, you know, it's devastating what's happened there. And, uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer and pray for them that we would be the church. It's in your bulletin how you can give. If you'll take a bulletin and, and, and go ahead and start make, making plans for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you this morning, uh, Lord, for finding Hope Ministry. Lord, thank you for uh, Dr. Merrill and his wife, Anka. Lord, thank you for their life and their sacrifice. Lord, they've given up everything, Lord, to be able to follow you in Romania, to help those who are hurting, help those orphans to be rescued out of a state-run orphanage. And Father, you've shown them the love of Jesus, and you've provided for them, Lord, through this ministry. And Lord, they need your help now. I pray you'd provide the, the resources they need for rebuilding this home and Father, for the future. And Father, as volunteers begin to prepare to go rebuild, I pray you'd put a team together for that. And Father, this morning, I just want to thank you for the men and women who have fallen that we might have our freedom this morning. I want to thank you for the lives that were sacrificed on foreign soil that we might have the freedom to worship you. Lord, I thank you for Freddie, for Cindy Lou. I pray you bless him. I pray you protect him. Lord, as he goes over, Lord, for those 400 plus days, I pray you'd be with him in a very special way. And Father, I pray you'd guard him in every step. I know you will. Father, you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're always with us. And this morning, we thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have this morning to call on your name. And, Lord, to know you, that you're alive forevermore. And, Father, that you live within us and you walk with us. I pray you'd bless the rest of this time of worship. I pray you'd bless the time that we might glorify you. I pray you'd bless these students as they've graduated from high school and college. I pray you'd help them to walk with you all the days of their life that you might use them for your benefit and for your honor and for your glory and for the fatherment of your kingdom that Christ might be glorified. And Father, this morning, we thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, Jill. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to stand with me and turn to Colossians chapter 3. If you'll notice in your bulletin, we were going to talk about priests being murdered, but I thought on graduation Sunday, we'll look at that next week. But the one thing I want to bring to your mind this morning is this. Now think about this for a minute. I preached this about seven or eight years ago, I think. Um, think about this. And, and I've been this myself, okay? Sometimes in your life, some of the meanest, most arrogant, complaining, down and out, judgmental, hypocritical, greedy, snarky people you'll ever meet are in the church, right? I'm just being honest with you. And I want to challenge you this morning, graduates, and I want to challenge you this morning, East Hillsdale Baptist Church, and I'm going to challenge you hard on this, is to be kind. Notice what Paul says in Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, because of all this before, is what he's saying, as the elect of God, as the people that God has saved, holy and beloved, Look at the word put on. That means you, you're making a decision today to do this. All right? You're either going to do it or you're not. Okay? You're either going to put on kindness or you're not. He says, put on tender mercy. Show mercy. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let's pray together. Father... As the holy, dearly beloved elect of God, Lord, help us this morning to make a decision, regardless of who we are right now, to, Lord, just show kindness 
just, we're just going to look at one word today. To be kind. Father, you're kind, Jesus is kind, and you've called your church to be kind. In a world that is so negative, and, and churches oftentimes are so negative, Lord, help us to be kind, help us to be generous, help us to do good and be good. Lord, help us to be that. Father, Colossae was changed because the church did all these things. And they were real, they weren't fake. Lord, help us to do that. Lord, we don't know the power of one kind deed and how that could change a person's life. We don't know what anyone's going through, even today that's here today. Lord, help us to be kind. Lord, it's so easy not to be, but Lord, help us to be. And we'll forever thank you and praise you for what you do for us. And Lord, help us to put on kindness today. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people say together, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When God saves, what, what Paul is saying in chapter 3 is that when God saves a person, when God's Holy Spirit comes within you, He transforms our lives and He changes us on the inside. You cannot change yourself. You, you can reform yourself. You can stop doing certain things. Uh, you, you can change yourself physically if you want to. You cannot change yourself spiritually. That's a spiritual dynamic that only God can do. And here today, in this sanctuary today, you're either born again or you're lost. You're either indwelt by God's Spirit or you're not. If you are indwelt by God's Spirit, then God gives you the ability to be kind. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The culture in Colossae, look it up. Historians tell us it's so mean. No compassion. Oftentimes in Colossae, if they had crippled folks, they just drug them to the wall. And your only hope was begging. And then guess what happened? God started saving people through Jesus, and the church started showing compassion. You know, when, when they would have babies in Rome, and then they didn't want the babies, they'd just leave them out, and either people would take them, if they were girls, they'd become prostitutes, if they were boys, they'd become beggars or gladiators, until the church started forming, and people started getting saved, and then they started orphanages and things like that. Just look at the history of it all, Okay. And what, and what Paul was saying to the church at Colossae, these people that are being saved out of these pagan lifestyles, he's saying this, listen, if God has saved you, then you should be different. See, in Colossae it was known for, and Paul mentions it, adultery, fornication, drunkenness, lewdness, cheating, lying, stealing, all these things, and then Jesus came. As a matter of fact, I, I quoted this about, I don't have the quote with me now, about seven years ago when I preached this, one of the historians says, he was writing to, I think it was one of the politicians in Colossae, and he says, no one goes to the temples anymore. They've been wiped out. Why? Because Christians were being saved, and not only was it their arguments and debating it, and that's good, you know, the only way you know about Christ is, uh, is through speaking, but it was their lives on a daily basis, and they were not fake. Okay? And I think oftentimes in our culture, in our time, it's real easy, it's real easy to take notes on a sermon like this, but we're going to find out it's really hard sometimes to implement it. The word for kindness Paul uses is this. It is, is expressed in an attitude and deed. It is the friendly and helpful spirit which seeks to meet the needs of others through kind deeds. David Jeremiah looked at that word kindness, and this is, this is his definition that he came up with. The Greek word for kindness is also used to describe a lovely quality of wine that has grown mellow with age. Let me ask you a question. Those of you that are senior adults, are you growing mellow with age? Or are you a grumpy old man? All right, you're one or the other. All right. In other words, it has lost its harshness. Amen. Have you lost your harshness? That's what kindness is, treating another without harshness. Kindness is treating another person with respect and honor. It is attributing value and dignity to another person. 
Kindness can transform a human life everywhere we go. A person will benefit from a smile, a compliment, a kind word. People aren't used to people holding a door, helping with packages, doing some other acts of kindness. There's no age barrier for kindness. You know what Armani will tell me when we're eating? We had at Texas Roadhouse yesterday. Thank you for the gift card. And uh, 648 Shook Lane, if you want to send me another one, I'll take it. All right? She says, she says Papa, we're going to do hey, guys. I said, we can't do hey, guys now. But what, I would, what we would do is when she was younger and she couldn't really speak, she could wave and say, hey, we would go to tables and she would just say, hey, guys. And we'd just start this conversation with John Doe. And then when I had Barrett yesterday at Sam's, I walk around, that's what he does, waves at people. You know, out of every five people, you, you pass, two of them's going to smile and wave, and the rest of them just going to look down. I said, you just can't help people, right? But notice what William Barclay said. This is so true. He said, more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. For the most part, you've got to have both. Are you a kind person? Okay. You should be. Point number one is this, because God is kind. The Bible talks about the kindness of God over and over and over again. Notice what Peter says in 1 Peter 2. He says, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that, it may, so that it, by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Peter said, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, this book will be to you like milk is to a newborn. Because of God's kindness... Psalm 34 says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the word for kind. Have you tasted God in His kindness? The goodness of God here spoken of includes both the friendliness and the benevolence of His nature. And then MacArthur put it this way. When the psalmist David talks about this, he is saying God is essentially, infinitely, perfectly, immutably, and solely good in Himself. He is the author of all good and kindness. All the divine persons of the Godhead are good. The Father is good. He has desi good designs toward His people. He has provided good things for them, made good promises to them, and bestows good gifts on them. The Son is good. The Good Shepherd that has laid down His life for the sheep. He is the fountain of all grace and goodness to His churches. To particular believers, He has wrought a good work for them, the work of redemption. He speaks a good word on their behalf in the court of heaven. The Spirit is good. He works good things in the hearts of the sons of men and shows good things under them and gracious souls such as the psalmist here calls upon are capable of tasting and discerning how good the Lord is in some manner. And it's always been said, God is good all the time and all the time God is good or kind and he is. Isaiah put it this way, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, God says, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Do you realize that when you are lost, God is kind? Notice what Romans 2.4 says. It's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. So much so that Paul says this in Ephesians 2, 7, that in the ages to come, he will show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. One scholar says, throughout eternity, you're going to understand God's kindness. God's kindness in initiating our salvation, and his kindness will be continuing throughout eternity. It's because of his kindness that he chose to save us. Paul says to Titus, he says, at one time we too were foolish, Disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God and our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. You're saved today because of the kindness of God. When you sin and are having a bad time with it, God is and can be kind. Notice what David says in Psalm 25, 7. Remember, he starts out that psalm by saying, Trust the Lord, O oh my soul. Trust the Lord. 
Do you trust God with your salvation, but do you trust Him with your sin? David says, Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. David based his appeal on God's attribute of kindness. And I would tell you this today. Do not reject the kindness of the Lord. Do not do it. So God is kind. The Bible tells us, of course, Jesus is kind. Luke records it this way in Acts 10, 38. He says, Jesus went around doing good. Wouldn't that be great to put on your tombstone? He went around doing good. Just doing good stuff. Jesus was known for his kindness. Jesus' ministry was characterized by doing random acts of kindness everywhere he went. Notice Matthew 11, Jesus made this statement. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. That word for easy means good and kind, and my burden is light. Jesus says, You take my yoke upon you. Jesus goes on to say through Luke, He says, But love your enemies, do good, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, for your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the highest, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Matthew 25, uh, the Lord says this, Then the king will say, talking about the end of time, to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You know what he's saying? You were just kind. You're just being what God wants you to be. You're going to be, you're good and you're kind. So here's the third point, and I'll go through this real quickly. Here's my question Are you kind? Are you kind? Paul says to the church at Rome, we by nature don't really have kindness in us, but when we're saved, the Bible says, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So how can you show your kindness? Notice just three, three ways here. It's real simple. Through your words, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Speak kind words, encourage somebody. You just may change somebody's life. Paul said in Ephesians, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. All right, to the church. Easy, easy to preach. Easy to preach, by the way. Really hard to practice sometimes. I'm a steal. You push me, I just want to push you back. All right, it's just my nature. Okay, God's working on me. Don't let any unwholesome talk. That means poisonous, venomous, or filthy. Listen to how uh, Charles Stanley put it. He says, as Christians, we must understand our words are powerful. You are, you are representing the kingdom when you speak. You understand the, the importance of what I'm saying. You represent Jesus when you speak in public. When you post something on Facebook, and listen, I've learned the hard way, you represent the kingdom of God is what you're doing. I remember uh, telling the story one time of the mom who had throat surgery, and I think it was three months or whatever she couldn't speak. So all she, the only way she could communicate with her family was to write it down. And one of her friends says, what did you learn the most about all this? She said, I'm, I'm amazed at the number of Papers I wrinkled up and threw in the trash because I did not. I'm glad I didn't say what I wrote down. Amen. Aren't you thankful? Sometimes you might just want to write it down. Okay, words. You, you represent the Lord. When we speak words of kindness, words that encourage, words that comfort, words that cheer, words that build up, words that lift spirits, words that give hope, it's as though we breathe fresh new life into another person. How powerful is that? Just by your words, you can change somebody's life. 
And I'm not talking about being fake. I'm just talking about being real. It's so easy to say. I remember a pastor preaching. And I, 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 really, I won't tell you his name. But I remember a pastor preaching at a revival I was in. A good preacher. He's a good preacher. A good man. And he made this statement. I wrote it down. I've had it since probably the 90s. He said, he said, I can still remember something very cruel a man said in my home church. He said this to me over 30 years ago. Even though I've forgiven him, I can't help but remember the unkind thing he said to me every time I see him. Think about that. Your words. Don't be like the husband and wife I heard about. They were an arguing. They were going down the road. And there was, they went by a pasture and there were some donkeys. And he said, hey, honey, look at your relatives. And she said, don't be talking about my in-laws. All right? Some of y'all get that in a minute. But I'm reminded of what Stephen Covey said. I think he wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he said he was on a bus, and he, he's a business guy, and he writes books. He sells millions of copies of that book. And he said he was at the back of the bus, and I know I've shared this with you before, but he said there was a man looking out the window just staring out, and he's two kids. He said, they're so, so rude jumping up and down, jumping on things. He said, he said, he said I come that close to saying something. He said, now I'm Stephen Covey. He said, everybody knows, but this guy didn't know me. And he said, I come that close to saying something. You ever been there? I'm going to say something. You better be careful what you say to other people's kids, by the way. All right? And he said, he said the, the kids were so bad. He said, the man finally like he's out of a trance. This is what he said, true story. He said, sir, I'm so sorry for my kids. He said, we just left the hospital and their mother has died. And I just don't know how to process it. Now think about that. That close to chewing out somebody's kids whose mama had just died. Do you realize that that person in Walmart that you want to say something to, you don't know what they're going through, do you? That waitress that makes no money and you're, on, you're probably not even going to tip her good anyway, that messes up your order, is it really worth you chewing her out? I mean, really. Is it really? Do you realize you, you don't know what she's went through that day? Okay? You really don't know, do you? The umpire that makes the bad call that's making, what, 10 bucks in the hot sun? Is it really worth it? I mean, really. I mean, I want to remind you that when you're at Dusty Ridge and East, and I haven't been to those places in 18 years, you're representing the kingdom. You're representing our church as well. If you're one of those yelling, screaming people, and, and I guarantee you your arguments aren't going to change the outcome of that play. Have you ever heard that? There are, have you ever seen somebody yell at a ref and they didn't even change anything? It never does, right? It makes you feel better. It doesn't change a thing. Your words are so important. Not only our words, but what about your attitude? What about your attitude? I'm going to give you a scenario, and all, all I want you to do as a church is say, after I say I will, say be kind. Here, let's try this. I'm going to give you a scenario, and I just want you to say after I say I will, you just say be kind. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, I will. Y'all are lying. No, I'm just kidding. If a rep, ref or an ump makes a bad call, I will. If a waitress messes up my order, I will. If my husband constantly leaves the toilet seat up, I will. Lies. All right. When I disagree with someone on Facebook, I will. When I disagree with someone on Facebook, I will. Hey, when I disagree with someone on Facebook, I'm going to what? Be kind. All right. If someone sits in my chair at church, I will. If the choir don't sing my style of music on Sunday, I will. I will be kind. Be kind. Is it that hard? 
Be kind. And then notice this, not only with our words and our attitude, all right, but with our actions. Notice the verse on the screen, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. He, the, Paul says, let us not grow weary while doing good. <laughs> he says, you should. He says, you're going to do so much good, you're going to get tired of doing good. That's what he's saying. Don't let us grow weary of doing good. Do you realize how short life is? And I'm going to encourage you to do a good deed this week. Every, every, not every week, I don't want to lie and sound braggadocious, but almost weekly I try to find somebody and buy their lunch and tell the people, don't tell them I did it. If, if, you're, if you're buying fast food, it's how, hard, how much money does it cost to buy the person behind you's lunch? I'll challenge everybody in here to do that at least once this week. If you're in a restaurant, sometimes if the Lord, I, I feel like the Lord impressed on my heart, that person in the corner, I'll tell the waitress, I'll, I'll take their bill, just don't tell them I did it, okay? Is that really going to cost you that much money? Is it really going to cost you that much money to do that, to be kind, to help somebody's day, all right? We should, we should have this lifestyle of being kind people and doing good deeds. You know, how much money, how much money have you given away being kind? Think about this. Buy someone's lunch. Send somebody a card, okay? Compliment someone. It's okay to do that. Compliment someone. Give someone a gift card. Be nice. Be nice to people. I'll share this, and I'm not going to share names, but uh, my wife was on Facebook looking for, like, kid stuff. You know, y'all sell stuff on there all the time. She gave me an address because this is what I do now. I feel like FedEx. I'm just picking up clothes and kid stuff for, for my wife. And she just gives me address. I don't even know the people, all right? So she gave me this address, and I'm driving out there, and I went, man, this place, this sounds familiar. This place looks familiar. And I remember driving out there, and I went, I looked on the mailbox, and I said, I know, I, I bet I know these people. Go up there, saw the lady, kind of looked familiar. I looked at this little kid. I said, is that so-and-so's daughter? She said, yeah. And see, he, he's bedridden, right? He's two years older than me. Great guy. And I said, is that you? And he's just the happiest person. He said, man, I watch you on Facebook, you know, all this, that, and the other. And he, he, can't, he can't help himself, right? He just can't get up. His wife has to do everything for him, okay? And I said, is there anything we can do for you? And she said, don't you go in my son's bedroom? And it's just had water buckets up, right? I said, I'll get your roof. Promise. I'll get your roof. And I called some people, called another church, talked to our deacons. I said, I promise we got to get this, this family a roof. So they, they'll never have one if we don't help them. And last week they got a roof. And this morning my buddy contacted me. He says, All right, you said send you to Bill. I'm sending you to Bill. He sent me a bill. I said, That's all this guy's charging? I said, That is all they're charging for this? And he said, That's all they're charging. I said, Do you, you tell him? I said, That's the kindest thing that I've seen somebody do in a long time. And you don't realize the importance of that, being able to do something like that. And the deacons allowing their pastor to just do it, all right? But when I tell you I'm going to get something done, my golly, I'm going to get something done. And I'm so thankful. These are wonderful people. Their driveway's been fixed through people in this community, and it's just a blessing. Listen, be kind, all right? Be kind. Life is, listen to me, I was a part of four funerals last week. Life is short, people. Life is too short to hold grudges. 
Life is too short to constantly argue. Life is too short to be harsh. Be kind. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. And as they come, will you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Paul put it this way. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. So what I'm going to ask you to do right now, just in the quietness of this moment, is just put on these things. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. He says, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Do you need to forgive somebody this morning? Do you need to forgive somebody this morning? In the quietness of this moment, forgive. Forgive. You know, even as a Christian, God knows the worst about you. And if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and then cleanse us, because that's how dirty it is of all unrighteousness. If Jesus can do that, you can forgive. I'm not asking you to forget, but forgive. As our musicians play quietly, I just want you to spend just a moment in prayer and put on kindness, forgiveness. Paul says, put on love. Father, I'm reminded as we're praying that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And Father, your goodness and your greatness was shown on the cross where Jesus died and bore my sins in your wrath and he rose from the dead the third day. And Father, we place our faith in a Savior who was historically born, who historically lived, who historically died, and who historically rose from the dead. We don't have blind faith, Father. We have real faith in a real person. And Father, if there's anyone here today that's never placed their faith and trust in the resurrected Christ, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And Lord, I'm not speaking for every other church in Alexander County, but I will speak for East Hazel Baptist Church. Lord, we will put on kindness. We will love each other. And we will love our community because you loved us first. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people say together, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with us as Sharon leads us in a song. Before we dismiss, I'm going to let everybody know our graduates right after the service will be out on the patio to take pictures, assuming that it's not raining. If it is raining when we go out, we'll stay in the lobby. Also, today is the deadline to sign up your middle school and high school students for camp, so you can meet me at the VBS table in the lobby because today is the deadline. And also next Sunday, we're going to float down the New River together. So if you want your family to go with us, uh, register at EastTailors.com 
by Wednesday. So if you guys will remain standing until where you're at, until the graduates exit the building, and then you guys will be dismissed. Hope you have a great week. Thank you.